Peace on the wide. Thanks for uh, tuning in to the show. This is your host, Josh uh, Chingis, and for this episode, I brought on Jason Peary, who uh, at the current time is a serial entrepreneur, started with a company called NFLTalk.com, which he later sold to ESPN. Um, What we learn about in this episode from Jason is just kind of the story behind how he got to where he uh, is today, what kind of things he did to get there, um, and a lot of entrepreneurial lessons along the way so if you guys haven't already go check out jason's amap episode which is just about three to five minutes long kind of giving you just an introduction to him with more information about how he thinks about entrepreneurship so check it out if you haven't already and without further ado hope you guys enjoy this are you ready to rock and roll let's go let's do it Okay, so uh, just a little bit of backstory before we get started for the people that listen to this episode in particular. Jason is someone that I not only admire a lot, but someone I compete with in pickleball quite frequently, and uh, I consider him a close friend. So this should be a fun episode for those that listen. Jason definitely has a lot of good things to provide to younger entrepreneurs. So with that being said, Jason... Why don't you just get us started off with introducing yourself a little bit so we know uh, from your point of view, your interests and what you like to do besides pickleball, because kind of brought that up a little bit, but uh, just you didn't mention, you didn't mention who wins when we play pickleball. (laughs) So recently it's been Jason, but you know, I've been on my game as of the, of the past month here. I mean, I kind of took some time off, but just a little bit. You're playing well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It took that maturity, uh, that time off, like you said, to to definitely kind of, I don't know, see things a little bit different with the game. But for any people who know pickleball, might know what we're talking about. Anyway, Jason, why don't you just introduce yourself here, and then uh, we'll get going from there. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, thanks, Josh. Um, you know, I I'm involved in a, you know in a lot of things. I'm trying to simplify my life. You know, at this stage, I've got six kids. <laughs> Uh, like Josh says, you know, like you said, love, love to play pickleball. Um, but, uh, you know, from a business standpoint, um, you know, I've been involved in, in a lot of different areas. Um, and, you know, our company is called Peary Partners. It consists of, of me and my partner, Ben Crockett, just two of us. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we sort of do two different things. One is commercial real estate investment. And the other one is investing in early stage startups. Um, so, you know, we look at just about anything and everything. <clears throat> We're not super, uh, heavily technology focused. I think a lot of people, uh, are very interested in investing in, you know, who the next Mark Zuckerberg is going to be or Elon Musk or whatever. Yeah, that's um, and you know, we're, we're very much, you know, we're, we're very much looking at companies that, you know, that are cash flowing from, from day one, not companies that, uh, you know, that, that may hit it big in, in five or, or 10 years. And, yeah. you know, even though I, I, I'm from Silicon Valley, Palo Alto, California. Uh, you know, I moved here recently to Utah, but, uh, you know, spent most of my life in Silicon Valley, but, um, you know, just, uh, you know, contrary to kind of most people around me really am looking at things that, uh, at investing in things that I can reach out and touch things that are cash flowing right away. You know, we're, it's not like a VC fund where, you know, we're hoping that one out of 10 hit it big. We're investing our own money. Yeah. So we're looking at things that, uh, they cash flow right from the get go that, uh, you know, we're hoping to, you know, to, 
to hit it on eight, eight, nine or 10 out of 10. So yeah, that's uh, to, you know, anyway, that's a little background to uh, kind of get things kicked off here. We'll definitely dive a little bit deeper into the story of kind of that mentality and what you're getting into uh, specifically with what you're saying. First and foremost, Jason, uh, from what I know from him, what we talked about, NFLtalk.com is the first thing that you've done in an entrepreneurial space. So we're going to talk about this first and foremost, because this is sort of your first introduction or entryway into anything business. And so from my standpoint, NFL Talk was the first um, kind of like a real-time news a website that allowed people not to just see what it was happening with sports, but also hear different opinion or different speculations on who was going to be traded, who was going to be dropped and, and just kind of uh, digest different things that way. So that's kind of what NFL talk is based on what I heard. So Jason, knowing that, why don't you just tell us specifically why you decided to start and like, what was the initial idea behind yeah. Why even? So, so the initial idea there in, in NFL talk, you know, were, you know, turned into sportstalk.com, which then was acquired by ESPN. So, you know, if you type in any of those, you're going to see, you, know, you type in sportstalk.com, what you see is ESPN insider, um, because that's ultimately what it, what it became. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, that, that was something that we, we literally started 22 years ago, you know, so this was 1999 beginning of the dot com boom. Yeah. Um, you know, a friend of mine, Chad Ford and I, uh, we were, um, you, you know, we, we went to college together. We went, you know, we went separately, went to grad school. And then, you know, the idea was kind of like, you know, out there, you know, the, the, the internet had just sort of, you know, uh, gotten going and there were news sites, there were sports news sites, we're big sports fans. So there was ESPN.com, CBS sportsline.com, yeah. foxnews.com, sportingnews.com. And they were all the same. And they all just reported on kind of yesterday's news, like the transactions, you know, or the statistics or the standings, you know. Um, and so, but they didn't have anything speculative, you know. At the time, there was a website, and there still is, huge website called the Drudge Report. And, you know, they had just broken the Monica Lewinsky Bill Clinton scandal. And it was like a huge piece of scoop. Oh, and it yeah. sort of, you know, upended the traditional news organizations. And, you know, it, it, was, it was this it just, you know, caught fire and was a huge thing. And, you know, the thought was, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, for example, like I, I'm a big 49ers fan, but if I live in Hawaii, like I did for several years, or if I live in Utah for the wherever, well, how do I get 49ers news? If I go to ESPN.com, all it has is the transactions. It has the standings, it has the stats, but you know, and what happened with the web is that no matter where you live, you realize you could find the San Francisco Chronicle 49ers page or the San Jose Mercury 49ers exactly. page or the Contra Costa News 49ers page. And that is where the real interesting information happened. And that's where the speculative information was being discussed, like who is going to get traded or drafted or hired or fired. And but on a national uh, platform, there was nothing like that. There was just these boring websites that, you know, national news websites that were trying to cover every single sport. And it just had transactional stuff from yesterday. So the idea was, let's do kind of like the Drudge Report of sports and let's focus we'll start off you know with just doing nfl and originally it was just a very bare bones idea let's put links to all the local um newspaper coverage for each team so atlanta dolphins you know or you yeah. know cleveland browns for if you're a cleveland browns fan you lived in california you could see the link directly to 
the Akron Beacon Journal or the Cleveland Plain Dealer, Cleveland Browns cover. Now, that sounds really lame right now. It's like, well, big deal is a link to the to the local beat writers. <laughs> but at the time, there was really there was really nothing like that. And we also had links to the local, uh, you know, sports talk radio stations in those markets. So wherever you were, you could you know you could click on your local team's info. And so, you know, what happened was you know, I was on vacation and, you know, we were working really hard. I remember taking a few days off and still doing my work from where I was with my family. You know, we had, we had, you know, a couple of young kids and, and it was like, all of a sudden what I found out was some dude just, just copied literally every single link on our, you know, our site was starting to get a little more traction and, and we thought, you know, Hey, well, this is really great. We're getting like 400 people a day to come to the site, but then someone, you know, our goal was to get a thousand people a day, you know, by the end of year one, which doesn't sound like a yeah. lot, but at the time it was like, you know, we, we were growing, we were thinking it was going really, you know, it was some big thing, but you know, it was, it was just slightly big enough that some, some loser just copied all the links and create a different name. And wow. I just went crazy. I was like, Oh my gosh, some dude just copied all these links. And I called an attorney and an attorney said, dude, you don't have anything, bro. You just have a bunch of links. Anyone can link to anything. Like who cares? Some like no yeah. offense, but some guy can just copy it. And yeah, it's really cool. You've created this collection that's really convenient. But yeah, someone can someone can copy all those links. There's really nothing you can do about it, you know. So oh. you know, so all of a sudden I realized, man, I gotta like create some original content. You know, I gotta create some original content. And so so what we did was we, you know, the draft the NFL draft was coming up and we created a um you know, a, a page called the, the, the ultimate 1999 NFL draft page. And so we decided like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to like aggregate information, write a little column about draft information, you know, the, up, you know, things about the upcoming draft and on draft day, we're going to do a draft tracker. Like these days you see, you know, like you go to ESPN or wherever and it updates every pick with some commentary. Like we were the first ones that did, yeah. that, you know, like, we, we, oh, wow. we said, we're going to do all, you know, we're going to do all this stuff around the draft and Yahoo linked our, um, linked our, our draft page. And so, you know, we started getting a lot of traffic. Oh, on wow. It. Yeah. And, uh, and so that, that was kind of like a big moment was, you know, we started getting more, you know, you know, a lot more traffic. Um, but I would say the biggest thing that really blew it up was, um, you know, we, we had, this this NFL agent named Ron Del Duca. And he said, Hey man, like I want you to know, like a lot of teams are looking at this page. Like I know players and teams that are looking at this this website a lot. Like and, and by now Newsweek, uh sorry, Newsweek had had done like link to our page. And so we were starting to get like more and more traffic. Now we're getting like a thousand people a day, which we thought was a big deal. Then it was like two thousand, three thousand. And um and, and, you know, this NFL agent was like, hey, like, I want to I want to like write a column for your site. And we're like, hey, this is great. We're looking for original content anyway. I said, hey, we'll, we can pay you a hundred bucks a month. We can pay you a hundred bucks a month and you got to write two columns a week. And you've got to give us like scoop. You know, you got to give us information, you know, about what's going yeah. on. And and so he gave us information about like, you know, what was going on at the draft combine. And he fed us like information like you know, the, the 40, the, you know, the 40 times and the high jump and the shuttle run and all this stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and so it was like, th this information wasn't out there at the time. That wasn't like, now we see this stuff, but at the time that was a new thing. And so we'd be posting this information and 
you know, so-and-so got a you know, terrible score on their Wonderlick test or whatever, which is their intelligence test. Like that's big scoop. That's big information right there. You know what I mean? And so yeah. teams were like all over our site thinking like, wow, dude, these guys have got like, these guys have some sort of inside track on, on information. It was really just this one guy. And he was also publishing columns, writing about the league and writing about negotiations and things like that. And, um, and so the cool thing that happened was other NFL agents started contacting us, you know, um, like Barry Sanders agent, David Ware and other guys started saying, Hey, wow. we want to like, we, we, we want to write for your site. Cause like this site is, is, is getting bigger. And by now we're at 10,000, 12,000, you know, 18,000 people a day on the, on the site. And, um, and, and so we started just creating, getting a whole bunch of original content and creating like also like a, you know, daily and constantly updated column of just nuggets of things that were happening all over the league that we would get by waking up at three o'clock in the freaking morning and reading through all these local newspaper websites, you know? So we would just go through all these, these web, <laughs> Cleveland plain dealer, Miami, you know, Miami Herald, like every yeah. one of these. And we would like, we, we would get information and we created like our, an award for like the greatest, you know, Hey, best local news coverage. We call it the talkie awards, like best local, you know, football coverage, best local radio coverage. And we created a big press release. And then all those newspapers started linking to us. Cause they're like, Hey, we, we got NFL talks that we were the, the number two best local NFL coverage, you know? So, so we, yeah. we just started like getting this, you know, this momentum of, uh, you know, of people coming to the site and giving us information. And, uh, and so, yeah, no, I know I'm talking a lot here, but it kind of just all flows <laughs> one thing to the next. I mean, so, you know, what happened was right before the NFL draft, I, I was so exhausted, bro. I mean, I like, I was literally up at 3 AM every, every day, um, you know, putting information on the site and, and what happened yeah. was, um, you know, right before the draft, I got a tip, which was, um, like a huge one because everyone thought, you know, everyone knew the first three picks of the draft were going to be quarterbacks. It was like a quarterback heavy draft. And, um, and so they really, and they, everyone thought that the first three picks were going to be quarterbacks and the number four pick was going to be Ricky Williams, who was like a stud Heisman trophy winner running back from the university of Texas, you know, like big dreadlocks, like an yeah. incredible athlete. And, um, and so it was like, you know, it was just like a foregone conclusion that, you know, um, that, that Ricky Williams was going to be, was going to be picked forth by the Colts. But what happened was I got a, I got a tip. Cause we, we put a little link on the top of the page that said like, Hey, do you have scoop? Do you have information? Like send us, send it to us at scoop at NFL talk.com. So, yeah. you know, people would send us tips and stuff like that. And sometimes we'd publish it if we thought it was credible or sometimes we'd look into it and publish it if we thought it was credible or, you know, we would, we would spike it if we didn't think it was. But I got this email from this dude and he was like, listen, I'm telling you right now, I know this sounds, this sounds crazy. You don't know me. I love your site, but my wife is the liaison between the league and the Indianapolis Colts. So like <laughs> she's, she's the one who shuttles like videotapes, you know, back and forth between the league and the team. And I'm sitting there in the, like my wife sits, sits there in the war room. She sits there in the war room. She hears them talking, you know? And so she is, she's like, you know, listening to these guys talk all day about who they're going to pick and stuff like that. And, and she, you know, she's passing information back and forth between the NFL and the team. And like, if the team wants videotape on this player, then, you know, she goes and gets it and and vice versa. And she goes, and 
what she is telling me is that those guys are going to draft Edron James, you know? And I'm like, who's Edron James? Like, I mean, I don't even know who that is. Like, and like, I, I said, that's crazy. Like everyone knows they're going to pick Ricky. Yeah. I asked him, Hey, just keep, call me. I want to just talk to you and sound see if incredible. <laughs> you got this guy call you. That's awesome. So he calls me and, and I'm talking to him. He's very just straight up guy. And he's telling me this whole story. And he's like, listen, my, I'm telling you, my wife, she, she says, the Colts are going to draft Edron James. I'm like, dude, no one in the world thinks they're going to draft Edron James. Everyone knows they're going to take Ricky Williams. Who wouldn't take Ricky Williams, <laughs> the greatest running back we've ever seen? He goes, listen, what they're saying is that his hands are small, that he's going to be fumble prone. And they got character questions about the guy. I'm like, Ricky Williams? Like, what are you talking about, bro? And he goes, listen, do with what you want. I'm just telling you, they're taking Edron James. You know? Wow. So, so anyway, so I, you know, I get off the phone and I, you know, I call Chad, my partner, I'm talking to my wife about this and I'm like, I know this sounds crazy, but this guy sounds credible to me. I have no information. Like there's no reason why there's just no like credible information for me to believe this guy other than my, like my gut is that he's telling me the truth. And this, this like little piece of scoop, if we publish it, we go out there with it. It's either going to like send us to the moon or it's going to kill us. It's going to absolutely destroy our credibility. Yeah. And I'm so freaking tired right now. I don't care which one happens. Like I'm that tired. I'm that beat out from this <laughs> one. Like I'm, you know, and so like, we're going to, we're going to roll with this thing. We're going to do this, you know? And so I, I published it on, uh, I published it on the front page and said, you know, NFL talk exclusive. You must credit NFL talk for the story. Basically I'm, I'm saying you must credit NFL talk. Yeah. Colts to draft Edrin James, not Ricky Williams, you know? And so, you know, then, you know, message boards all over the internet are going crazy saying like, dude, NFL talk is saying they're going to pick Edrin, Colts are going to pick Edrin James. And then you have all these people saying that's asinine. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You know? <laughs> so I, I'm sitting there saying, oh my gosh, what did we just do? This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, you know? And, and the next day on draft day, Chad, my partner, is doing on a dial-up modem. He's doing the draft tracker. You know, he's up there. I can't even call him because in those days you had to use your phone line to like upload stuff. You know, we had yeah. this little crappy FTP thing to upload upload content. And so, <laughs> like, I'm I'm going to the airport. I'm listening to the draft on the like literally on the radio. And they're you know the first picks are all going exactly as they you know they plan. And they say, well, and the next pick is number four. And we know the Colts are going to pick Ricky Williams. And I'm just saying, oh, my gosh, like, I'm the stupidest guy in the whole world. How in the world did I, did I, did I go live with this stupid thing that I got from this scoop from the guy I don't even know? <laughs> and I'm calling my wife. I call my wife. Chad is updating. He's back east. He's updating the, you know, the site. And he's more a basketball guy. He sort of fleshed out NBA talk. And he ended up, you know, being ESPN's main draft guy for, like, 20 years a lot of you oh, may wow. like know, know that name. So, but, uh, but at the time, like he's helping me because I'm on the way to my cousin's wedding and I'm asking him like, Hey, update the, you know, the draft board. I'm calling my wife and she's got babies screaming in the background. I'm like, dude, hit the, hit the refresh page. Like, what does it say on the draft tracker? And you know, it, they're still on pick number three. And it wasn't like now where you can just look up on your phone. Like what happened? Like, I got to call my wife. Yeah she's got to update the site. There's no, there's just no other way to do it. And I called like three times and she's, she says, um, she's kind of like, dude, please stop calling. Like the kids are going crazy. I'm like, dude, I'm just going to call you just one more time. And I'm asking you just indulge me. 
refresh the page. What does it say? She says, and she goes, well, it says you read it here first. Colts pick Edron James. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like going nuts. I'm like dogpiling with strangers in the airport. I'm just going crazy, <laughs> you know? So, you know, so that, that was like a, just the, like the massive windfall. And from there we went to, you know, a hundred thousand, 500,000, like it was, you know, and just, you know, just endless emails of people at that point saying, dude, I'll follow you guys to the end of the earth. So people at that point yeah. felt like we had, we had like this beeline to insider information, you know, and it was just that one lucky call right there that just changed, changed everything. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, so USA Day today did a big article and it was about, you know, how to like mark quotes from like Mark Cuban and Michael Duberstein and, and, uh, you know, just other big NFL agents like Drew Rosenhaus saying, yeah, dude, everybody, this is, everybody looks at this site. This is where everybody goes to get their information, you know? So, um, so that was kind of how, how, how that thing took off. Yeah. So what I want to, a lot more there, we fleshed out NBA. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to say we, we fleshed out other sports from there, but that was kind of like how, how NFL talk got big. Yeah. And, and I would assume that to keep growing, I mean, you go way beyond just NFL, I mean, you were such a, yeah, you were like the, obviously the alpha, it seemed like with the, with the NFL news and kind of just keeping people up to date at the time. It's so funny to think like everyone has access to all sorts of information these days, but back then it's like, it was such an amazing thing to have access to. Like in my mind, you know how young I am, Jason. So it's like, I can't completely comprehend how amazing that is. I just have to sit back and think like, oh, wow. Like people actually beloved that type of information when I can just pull out my iPhone, look at it and then look at any like oh, updated yeah. news. I, it seems like it was yesterday for me, but like, yeah, yeah, it seems like it was yesterday, like right now, but it was, you know, you were probably born 1999. So around there, like it was, I mean, it was, um, you know, it was a while ago, but, but yeah, it was all so new and it was just a gold rush. It was just a crazy time where, you know, um, everything was exciting and everything was new and yeah, it's just amazing. Some of this stuff, you know I mean? I, I took like literally the Drudge report, read an HTML book, figured out how to code, code the site. Like, and I, you know, I'm not like some smart guy. Like it, it was just, yeah. it was just, you know, scratching and clawing to, to put a bare bones thing together and to figure out how to be able to update it, you know, which, which we did. That was the big difference. We updated it like all day long, every day with information. So so that, that just changed, you know, that changed everything. And in the beginning, like you, like you're mentioning, you were the person that was posting the content in the, in the very beginning, you didn't have anyone else doing that type of thing initially. Right. It was just, all, it was just you, you were posting blog posts, refreshing. Yeah, it, was, it was just you. Well, here's the cool thing. Here was, it was me and Chad. Then these NFL agents started getting in on the act. And by the way, I told those guys, you know, cause the first guy made a hundred bucks. I told the other guys, I can't pay you anything. I'm not paying you anything. You know, so we started getting some advertisers, but we still didn't have like, you know, um, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of money. We, we had some advertising coming in. We had a, we had a, you know, big viewership, but, um, but we, we knew that the key was to create more content. So I literally put, I literally put a post up there and said, Hey, do you want to write for NFL talk.com? Um, we need you to write one column per week and we will not ever pay you one thin dime. That's <laughs> and we, you got we'll, a lot we'll of people. Pay. No, we got dude. We had we had like 142 submissions of people who were like, 
um, you know, dude, I've been a columnist for this, you know, paper forever. I've been, you know, like all the credentials, I'm an attorney, like Mike Florio, who writes for NBC sports NFL. He has, you know, he's NBC's NFL guy. Like, how did he start? That was us. We, we picked him out. You know, we picked five guys from the 142. He was one of them, you know? And, um, hmm. and so, you know, we had these guys submit, we, we, we said, Hey, submit two, um, you know, two samples of your work. And we just got incredible content. Like we had one guy who did these incredible statistical analyses. They, they were like, not just like back in those days, the stats were like, how many receptions do the top receivers have? How many touchdowns? And they would be sorted big to small. This dude yeah. would figure out how many times they were thrown to, how many times they were targeted. Were they, were they double teamed? Were they guarded by an all pro cornerback? Were they thrown to by a good quarterback? You know, he took all this data. We do these psycho statistical analyses, you know, for, um, you know, receivers, quarterbacks, offensive line. I mean, he, so it was just next level content. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and so, wow. you know, anyway, so that, that's how that kind of, kind of got, got going. Yeah, so to kind of move things along the story of, of your entrepreneurial journey here, Jason, what I want to know um, or spend time on is just a little bit about uh, something that you're in called Circus Tricks, which in my uh, or at my vantage point is a trampoline park that you guys or you um, obviously build and people use these trampoline parks, right? To Is it kind of like a hang time, right? Is that what I'm... Is that the right yeah. kind of picture? Yes. So basically, you know, um, trampoline. So, you know, a lot happened between, you know, sports talk and, and circus tricks, you know, in one minute, basically, you know, I did, um, you know, we, 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 you know, we were able to, to sell sports talk to ESPN. Um, I worked in family business um, and learned real estate business. I went in, you know, out on my own doing commercial real estate and with my partner, yeah. Ben Crockett into commercial real estate, we had some, some great things happened that went our way. Um, and then we started invest, wanting to invest in, you know, in startups. And yeah, so Circus Tricks, I would say, is one of the most exciting ones of those. One of the things I learned through Sports Talk is that I don't like getting up at three in the morning. You know, it's like being a farmer. You have to milk the cows yep. every freaking day, you know, and I didn't like that feeling. And, and so I wanted to invest in things that were, you know, kind of non-technology, things that were producing cash flow from the get-go. Um, things that, um, I didn't have to wait five, 10 years or hope that, you know, they worked out, but things that were, were literally producing cash flow. Like my family, like when my dad grew up, he's doing gumball machines and he's, he's, you know, doing a miniature golf course. And he, you know, when he was a kid, like they're just yeah. all, all kinds of things that were just cash flowing. He did real estate. So, so for me, I, I love the idea of just things that, that actually produce cash. And that called me crazy, but for me, I decided I want to invest in things that that produce cash uh, and produce cash right away. So, um, yeah. you know, we we hear a lot of pitch, we hear a lot of pitches from people. Um, you know, I had a friend who came to me and said, "Hey, I've got one word for you, like trampolines." And I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" He goes, "Hey, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. His name is Case Lawrence, and he's done like three trampoline parks." And I'm like, "Well, what's a trampoline park? That sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever heard." in my life because when I think trampolines, I think of broken um, arms and legs and everything else. So, um, and also that sounds like a fad, like, what do you, what do you, you know, like, what are you even talking about? And so as I started learning more about them, I realized like they'd actually been around for like 10 years. And there was one even locally where I lived in Sunnyvale, California, 
next cl close to Palo Alto that had been in business for like 11 years. And all they had was just a big wide open field of trampolines where kids could jump and a, a dodgeball court. So you could do dodgeball yeah. on the trampolines, you know? And so what, you know, Case's idea was, was, you know, he, he had already done this in his, in his hometown in Fresno um, with a place called Skywalk was he wanted to do a kind of a next generation trampoline park where it wasn't just dodgeball and it wasn't just trampolines, but it was also like cool things you could do like ninja courses, you know, um, obstacle courses and, you know, foam pits and, and, you know, just all kinds of fun things. So, you know, the thought was, you know, Hey, are people going to want to have fun? You know, when we were looking at investing in him, cause you know, he, he said that these things perform really well financially. And I said, well, let me, I'd like to see the numbers. And, you know, when I saw them, I had a hard time believing how well they were doing. And, <laughs> and so I, then I realized, you know what, people want to have fun. They want to do things physically. They want to, they want to get out and do stuff. And, um, and, you know, so I think, you know, what Ben and I, we talked through all the things, well, we got the liability. Well, there's insurance, you know, people sign waivers and, and actually the incidence of, of injuries at trampoline parks are actually much lower than basketball or football or snow yeah. skiing or water skiing or, or even bowling, you know, so there like, there are injuries, but, um, you know, no, no more than really any other sport. Um, and, and so the insurance is expensive, but we figured, okay, you know, we're willing to take that risk at, you know, um, at this point. So, and then the thought is, well, is it a fad? Well, it doesn't seem like a, it's a fad because we know of a couple ones, like, you know, there were, there was one in San Francisco, um, and there was one in Sunnyvale next where the, where we lived that had been in business for many, many years, they were profitable and they had crappy parks, like just nothing but the dodgeball and trampolines to jump on. Yeah. So case is a very creative guy. And the thought is, you know, Hey, if we can, you know, build these parks and they're, and they're like, they've got like 25 things to do instead of like three things to do, then why wouldn't they, why wouldn't people keep, keep going, you know? And so, um, anyway, we, we, we agreed to invest in four parks and long story short, you know, circus tricks now has 326 parks, um, and, um, acquired sky zone and rock and jump and, you know, source the biggest indoor entertainment company in the world now, but, yeah. um, but that's that's been a fun ride. So a question I want to ask you, kind of just listening to what you're saying, when you get out of when you get out of NFLtalk.com, the time that you spent obviously growing that was um, you know, not just your conventional eight hours a day or type of work that you're working on that like 10 plus hours it sound like how much time is like optimal you would save to spend like you get out of NFLtalk.com and then you move forward with other entrepreneurial things that you obviously are doing and wanted to do like how much time looking back at that when you were getting into all those different things like commercial real estate startup investing like how much time would you say is optimal spending to get yourself into the correct positions is it like an all-day thing is this like a part-time thing like do you just got to go with what works best for you like what what would you say to See, that yeah so so josh i mean josh that's that's like an incredible question. It's one of those questions like, you know, you walk down by the river and you think about like quite a bit because the, like you know, like the, the reality is, is that, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a big one because if you, if you have a tiger by the tail, like, like sports talk.com, you know, or you've got a startup, like 
especially with technology, you, you're not going to survive on eight hours a day. Like just because you are competing with, with eight Palo Alto at Stanford university and they're just cranking out code, trying to be you Turner or wherever, you know, they call and they say, I got this idea, you know, this website or this technology, this app. I'm like, well, tell me about your engineering team. I'm like, well, we're going to outsource that. I'm like, dude, you're dead. You're, you're, you're host, you know, because if it's a good idea, yeah. like literally there are going to be eight dudes sitting in a room who have no life, no wife, no nothing. And they're just cranking 20 hours a day and they're going to beat you. They're going to do it. They're going to, they're going to tweak it. They're going to do something a little bit different. They're going to beat you. You know, so if you're doing technology, like you, you're going to have to really, really, really hustle. Like I'm a big family man. You know, I have, like I say, I've got six kids. Um, yeah. Like I, I don't want to live that life. Like sports talk just about, like I had stomach problems for months after sports talk. Like it, it just about killed me off, you know? So like, that's what I did not want to do again, you know? And so, um, so I think in, you know, awful amount of time, I mean, if you're doing, you know, a, a startup, it's going to be, it, it could be anywhere from, you know, eight hours to 16 hours, you know, but yeah. you know, you also got to keep your priorities where you want them. Like if, if what really matters is having time with your family, like you've got to design a life that's going to be like that. Like for me over the last, like, you know, 10, 15 years, like I don't work more than eight hours a day ever, you know? In fact, now I'm yeah. trying to work no more than two or three hours, more than no more than two or three hours a day because I just want to have lots of time to play with my, play with my kids and be with my family and be with my wife and play pickleball and do service in the community and do whatever I want to do, you know? And, exactly. and so, but when you're starting out, like, you know, Mark Cuban said, Hey, the big sevens, what was, how did Mark Cuban, he said sevens, the big sevens, what is the big sevens? He said seven to seven, seven AM to 7 PM, seven days a week for seven years. That's what he did. Like that, like he just, yeah. he was just ground for seven years straight. And then he figured out broadcast.com and sold Yahoo. And, and, but you know, th there is a reality that you may need to grind. You need to work really, really hard. There's, there's, I think most people really want to want a shortcut. And, you know, like if you read effortless by Greg McCune or like, you know, you, you know, you really think out how to do things. I do think there are shortcuts. I don't think there's virtue in just working harder for hard sake, like, or just being busy or being drained or being gassed yeah. or being like mentally unhealthy. Like so many people are, I think that you need to work as hard as you need to work and you need to know that there are competitors and you need to hear the hoof beat, you know, like the footsteps behind you. Cause they're there. Um, but I think that the really yeah. smart person figures out how to, how to like have a life because if you're healthy, you're going to, you're going to do better anyway at your work and you're going to be yeah. a better leader and a better thinker anyway, you know? And I, and I believe that it's just not hard work that gets you where you want. It's smart work. Like that's just kind of facts that I've come to obviously know more and more since I've been doing this show in particular. And I just still believe it. I mean, work harder, not smarter. That's kind of like a general consensus that everyone should abide by to some, some degree because you're just going to work yourself into the ground I mean, if there's no, no schedule, no, nothing, no plan, that's just kind of what I think. But, um, so yeah, cause we're, cause we're running short on time here, Jason, I just want to close things up with, uh, if you have places that you want us to find you, then shout them out now. If not, then we can just say goodbye and go from there. Yeah. I would say probably the best way to reach me is just, uh, you know, Jason at purepartners.com. Uh, it's two E's and one R and Peary, uh, PeeriePartners.com. Um, that's probably the best way to reach me. Cool. 
I will link all that in the show notes, kind of with some general information as well. Um, and Jason, I just want to, pre- I appreciate you coming out here, taking the time doing this. Uh, it was fun to chat. I'll be seeing you on the court. And uh, yeah, just again, man, I appreciate you doing this. Hey, thanks so much, Josh. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks for uh, listening to this episode with Jason. As you can tell, we have a pretty strong friendship based on uh, pickleball and uh, living next to each other um, and obviously seeing each other quite frequently. So uh, with all that information, all the descriptions and what will be important will be in the show notes of the episode. Like I mentioned before, go check out Jason's AMAP episode just to, just to see a little bit about how he thinks about entrepreneurship in a quick format there. Um, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review the show, and send it to a buddy that you think would like it. And with all that being said, um, I'll see you guys on the next episode.